Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on May the 31st, 2022. I'm your host, Game Psychologist, and with me, as always, doing weird things, being unsure where to go. Caffeine rage. On today's show, foreshadowing, we will be discussing uh, this month's game club, which is Final Fantasy XII. We will reveal our next game club. The Heart of Russia DLC for Euro Truck is postponed indefinitely. France bans official use of anglicized gamer words. <laughs> Lootbox, I'm sorry, that title still gets me. Lootbox laws block <laughs> Diablo Immortal launch in Belgium and Netherlands. Embracer establishes the Embracer Games Archive, quote, save as much of the games industry as possible, end quote. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. How are you today? Uh... Good, because I'm uh, able to delete a, a certain ISO off my computer in about, oh, five minutes. Yeah, wow. That's, <laughs> you could just go delete it now. Yeah, but what's the fun in that? Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I feel perhaps not as strongly, but certainly along the same lines as you. I can't believe that, I mean, based on the preliminary conversation, I can't believe that with my lukewarm feelings i'm gonna be the positive one on this one. <laughs> oh, aren't you usually sometimes although usually it's like no i'm peppy and on this one i'm like nah there's better and you're like no burn it all down maybe literally i mean i guess with all that foreshadowing let's just dive in um what do you want to do? You want to tell the good folks about Game Club in case they've never heard what we do game for Game Club, Club is before. our monthly thing where we come together and play the same game at the same time, even though that's become more often what we do anyway. It's when we could have an in depth discussion about a game that we both played at the same time. And for this month. Uh, what well, we were originally going to do, Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age, on Game Pass. Unfortunately, we set uh, Game Club out several months in advance. And, like, the month before, you know, this one, May, they announced uh, Final Fantasy XII was leaving Game Pass. It, it was either, uh, uh, you know, uh, the month before the uh, or two months ago. And this was kind of our scramble to not have to redo a choosing. Right. So we ended up going to the PlayStation 2 version of Final Fantasy XII, which is the original one. And they, Final Fantasy XII has this whole weird thing going on where, and, and, and that's even before we get to gameplay, where the uh, launched in Japan and then launched in the uh, US. Then they launched a updated, honestly, better sounding version in Japan and ported that to Europe, and it never saw an English release. And yeah. there are workarounds to essentially apply an English patch to the Zodiac Age. Or, you know, that's, you know, 
what they eventually remastered and re-released on Steam and Game Pass and not and whatnot. But uh, we ended up just going for the base game, and oh, what a mistake that was! <laughs> Honestly, I don't know if a remaster would have fixed it unless the part of the remaster was redoing the entire gameplay mechanics of the game. Uh, part of the remaster was uh, putting a job system in the game instead of the asinine license system. So something more akin to Final Fantasy XIV? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I've never really played Final Fantasy XIV. It's... I, I guess the closest I actually have to experience with the job system would be like 10-2 with the dress spheres. Yeah. Let's back up a second. Yes. And, and so, I mean, yes, we played Final Fantasy XII, the quote-unquote original release for PS2. We obviously emulated it and played it that way using our totally legit PS2 BIOS, uh, you yeah. know, wink, now, wink. Have you know, I ripped that myself. Absolutely. So did I. And I actually do have uh, Final Fantasy XII around here somewhere on disc. Actual PlayStation 12, uh, uh, Final Fantasy XII. PlayStation Twelve, but, but, uh, yeah, PlayStation Twelve, yeah, very advanced, right? Very advanced, uh, yeah. PlayStation Two, Final Fantasy Twelve. Um, and I mean, it's not your typical Final Fantasy game. I, I think this. Uh, well, I mentioned it before uh, when we were in our uh, you know pre-show babble. This was kind of the harbinger of where Final Fantasy was going in modern Final Fantasy. Yeah, in, Final Fantasy... In, in, well, I was going to say, in that... Uh, Final Fantasy has always had at least a little bit of a build-up. But at least in the PlayStation 1 era, in the early PlayStation 2 era, it wasn't, yo, more than an hour or two. Yeah, you yeah. would have your intro, some basic stuff to introduce you to the game and the story plot and, and whatever, and you'd spend an hour maybe two kind of on rails. And then the game opens up a lot for you. It might not go fully open, but it opens up a lot. Or at least introduces you to the actual plot. Yeah. Final, Final Fantasy twelve. I was at hour 11, and I was just getting to the actual plot of the, story, of the game. Yeah. And Which it, is still not as bad as Final Fantasy thirteen. Yeah, but supplementary uh, stuff anyway. Yeah. So, oh. so now I hear you saying, dear listener, well, Final Fantasy game stories have always been kind of incomprehensible. And you know what? Fair enough. Fine. Let's just let's just agree on that point for the sake of, of argument. I, I, I do think I disagree. I think there are better and worse Final Fantasy stories. But for the sake of, of this argument, okay, sure. Let's say that all Final Fantasy stories are incomprehensible. The characters in Final Fantasy XII are not interesting. Nowhere okay, near as no, interesting. No, I'll, I'll, I'll say that uh, one character is somewhat interesting, but that's more because I kept picturing him as David Bowie. <laughs> nice. So I I have not played, for, to, to prove my point, I have not played Final Fantasy seven. 8 or 10 in 
many years. Um, but, you know, the main characters of those games are Titus and Squall and Cloud. And I can t- rattle off some of the support characters for each of them and some basics about their story. And, I mean, it, the, the last Final Fantasy game I played that was, like, mainline Final Fantasy played it in-depth for a long period of time was Final Fantasy X. I replayed Final Fantasy X seven, six or seven years ago. Um, and then that's that's it. I haven't played any of the others more recently than that. And I didn't even play any of the quote-unquote re-release, remaster, re-whatever of Final Fantasy VII. Rewrite. Yeah. I didn't I didn't even play any of that. And I had to pull up the wiki because I can't remember most of the names of the main cast. I remember Vaughn. I, mean, I remember Balthier because that's David Bowie to me. Yeah, because... yeah, Balthier is David Bowie. And he is. I mean, he's a, like a gay sky pirate. Like, that's what I, I, I think I, of I was him. Gonna, I was going to say flamboyant. Uh, his companion, Fran... I had to go look at uh, at videos to hear what she sounds like because I could only remember one time she talked in 11 fucking hours. But she does have bunny ears and a cute ass. And that's the entire purpose she's there. Uh, she's two water balloons slapped on a cardboard cutout because <laughs> she has absolutely no personality. She has as much personality as the license system. And in uh, the combat system, and uh, it's just oh. So you're okay. So you're real angry. Neither of us really got into the story. We played it for about the same amount of time. I just I, I, couldn't play oh, it anymore. Okay, okay. I, well, I actually got stuck, not because of the combat system, but because the game kept trying to do things that that its combat system really didn't want to do, as in running away from shit. There's multiple boss fights where it's basically okay time to run away from this yeah you know, massive you know uh, non-stop uh uh horde of uh enemies or enemies that are way 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 stronger than you and the game system has it where that if you have any of your party members set up to cast a spell they'll stop dead in their tracks and uh cast a spell which okay fine but if the player character is controlling them. You can run around and cast until the actual effect goes off. And then they stop. Which makes all the running around trying to avoid, you know, uh, the hunters that's chasing you, the uh, the massive horde of guards that's chasing you. The It's just... It, it makes it harder than what it should be. And I honestly think I underleveled because I was so utterly, mind-bogglingly bored by the combat system all right so let's talk about the combat system because i think the combat system is the thing so one thing i always do for game club games especially older games that we play is i go to look at contemporary reviews from the time period and everyone was obsessed with the combat system because as far as final fantasy goes because the game uh, because the gambits well the gambits and also the fact that it's a quote-unquote real-time combat system it's there's no more random battles you can see all the enemies on the map and engage with them quote unquote in real time yeah Chrono um, trigger had that too and that was like five years earlier yes but as far as final final final, final fantasy games go in the mainline series because final fantasy 11 was an mmo that had more real-time battles and whatnot and this is kind of thought of as separate from that because it's their you know single player 
experiences, but everyone like lost their goddamn mind in reviews about this system. And I can, on the one hand, I can understand it. It's a deep departure from the quote unquote, you know, history of the franchise doing turn-based or somewhat like mostly turn-based battles. Um, and then this being, you know, not turn-based in real time, there's some automatic actions and certainly you can set it up to pause for you whenever it pops up for you to choose to do things whenever your cooldown timers come off and whatever, like you can make it a little more turn-based, but it is a vast departure and people just seem to love it. And it feels clunky and unfocused and that, and the fact that it feels like combat had to be slowed down so much, either because of a combination of animations, because the animations are really slow and not punchy and don't feel weighty at all. Like, Regardless of how good the system is, it feels bad. And I'm, I'm not convinced the system is good, but for the people out there in the reviews who claimed that the system is good, it feels bad because it's slow. They've just also it feels aged clunky. very poorly. That could be it, too. It could have aged very poorly. Like, So I took, I took some notes. I've got a bullet point list of half a dozen notes. Um... Oh, I think my biggest problem with the combat system is that everything takes ages. Even if you're out of combat, you still have to go through the entire, you know, casting animation for a simple heal spell whenever in, let's pick a Final Fantasy, almost at random, Final Fantasy 7, you just use it in a menu. Yeah. And Final uh, Fantasy 8, and 9, and 10. I mean, if uh, you wanted to use an item, you have to do it through the same combat system, uh, or the same menu system in or out of combat. It took me a while to realize... That's how you're supposed to use items in this game and not you know, go into the actual pause menu and use them there uh, when yeah. you're not in combat because it's just, you know, that's been the norm for you know, the rest of the prior series. It yeah. just made things so damn slow. And on top of that, the mana regeneration. So I had, you know, uh, Tits McGee. <laughs> uh uh, playing essentially healer because right, yeah. Well, if you get in a few nasty fights, she's going to tank out or yeah, bottom out her mana. Well, there's no mana regeneration if you're standing still. This is something I realized eventually. So after a, a couple of nasty fights, I would just go off to the side of the map and just start running everybody around in circles to jog essentially in place to regenerate mana because nobody's selling ethers yet because I'm too early in the game. Yeah. So here's, here's what I wrote my notes about the combat. This is all of my notes about combat. It's pretty short. The battle system removing random encounters, I believe is good, but it's awkward and handled poorly. Excessive amounts of enemies on maps make it a slog to go anywhere. Gambits feel off in a way that's difficult to explain. They're too fiddly and clunky. The whole system, the whole, sorry, the whole combat feel is lackadaisical, leading to a, quote, air quotes, wrong game feel. It just feels sloppy, unbalanced, and, like, too many people had too many ideas. I think my problem with the Gambit system, the Gambit system on paper is actually, yeah, really nice. The problem is that there's so much luck behind buying individual Gambits. Yeah, so I, I looked. You can get a maximum of 12, but every character only starts with two. 
Yeah, and they're all on that license board, which... Can we talk about the license board for a moment? Yes. Go ahead. I have... I I, want to stop and apologize for Final Fantasy VIII. I absolutely hated the draw system because it made it feel like I was being punished for uh, you know, using magic and uh, such. Mm-hmm. I would much rather use the draw system. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I would deal with Squall's moody, brooding ass because even though he's brooding and grumpy, he at least has a personality. He's not some Aladdin wannabe with a half vest uh, who's constantly getting himself into trouble. Right. And I think that's my other kind of problem with it is just, well, I'll get back to the Gambit system. But Vaughn and Pinello were originally not part of the main story. It was rewritten part of the way through because Balthier was actually the (laughs) <laughs> the main uh, uh, protagonist. Yeah, I I did not know that. Yeah, I was unaware of that. Yeah, essentially they were. It was rewritten because focus groups uh, didn't like an older character and wanted a teenager. So you know, an old uh, man of the age of twenty two, according to the Wikipedia. Aaron is my favorite character from Final Fantasy X, and he's mm-hmm. fucking an old man with a giant sword. Actually, I don't know how old. And he is. zombie. And yes, that too. <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm weird, though. Um, no, he kicked ass as well. Uh, only character I didn't like in Final Fantasy X was, well, Kamari. Yeah. But then again, does anybody really like Kamari? I don't think anybody likes Kamari, no. But, um, yeah. Go ahead. You go ahead for a minute. Um, I have so, a couple so, things, but you go ahead. So, so the license uh, system is basically... Like the heart, or uh, amp, uh, condensed down everything else that's wrong with the game, where it makes everything copy and paste. Everybody shares, at least, mind you, this is the PlayStation 2 version. We do not have the job system in this. Uh, everybody shares the same license board. And as you kill enemies, you slowly, and I mean slowly, gain license points. And you can spend those on the license board and they may give you gambits. They may unlock unlock the ability to use certain magics. Mind you, you still have to go find those magics. You still have to go find the items. You still have to find even the armor. And it just feels very weird and clunky to have to uh, figure out, okay, I just found this better sword, but I need like 75 license points to even equip it. Uh, equip it. Why yeah. are they caring so much about licenses? They're pirates. Yeah. The the li- the license board, I think, also highlights another flaw with the characters and the character development. Because you've got different, vastly different art styles for your characters. But because they all share the same license board, they feel very, like you said, cookie cutter. And... For better or for worse, all of the previous games that have had some kind of system that that you know forces their characters down a certain path, that does add a certain amount of character to them because it's like that's what they do. You know, we use Final Fantasy X as yeah, I was repeated to, uh, examples. So they've got this this fear. I don't remember what the specific name is, but it's uh, like this uh, fear, fear grid. grid. 
Yeah. It was the sphere grid. And that's also why people don't like Kamari is that he starts dead center and basically goes onto another character's sphere grid and becomes a copy of them. Yeah. Outside of the fact that Kamari also kind of sucks. But there, but the sphere grid, you know, for, for better or for worse, it did give, it gave you some limited choices in the development of your character, but it's like, this is what they do. This is a, 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 a caster, you know, a magic user. So, all of the stuff on their sphere grid has to do with improving their magic. This is your melee character. This is a character that could go, you know, one of two, diff- like, whatever. But, like, that helped develop their characters. Whereas in this, it's like, well, anybody can be anything you want with no direction, and their design kind of sucks. And I think that's great if you're playing a, quote-unquote, Western-style, like, blank slate RPG. You want that. You want your character to be anything that you want. But Final Fantasy games have always been about the different characters and their interactions with one another as they go on this adventure, even all the way back in the original final fantasy, like, yes, you did not have characters in the sense of like named characters. You get to pick your party, but you, you had the black mate or the, the black mage and the white mage and the knight and the rogue, right? And the rogue, maybe it's red mage. I don't know. There were different mages that had access to different magic and you had to pick your starting characters and build a party based on those differences or similarities in what you're trying to do that's always been the core component of final fantasy and taking that away but still trying to keep your flamboyant character design that like there's a disconnect there the 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 dirty word ludo narrative dissonance comes into play all right i'm, I'm done with my my part for a second <laughs> if you want to if you want to talk about something else uh I mean, let's talk a little bit about the story because they kind of throw you into the deep end and that opening cutscene, I will say, does kind of hook, uh, did kind of hook me there for a moment because, you know, they, they talk about this grand, you know, like invasion and it, we were starting to play this, you know, like right uh, uh in the beginning of the Ukraine-Russian war. <laughs> yeah. At least I did. I, I think I was, uh, what, a couple weeks ahead of you on that one? Yeah, you started a couple weeks before me, because I think that was the week that I was moving. And it just, you know, it had this, ooh, this is gonna be really good, and then... Okay, well, let's kill off this interesting character and go to his brother. Because... It's going to be Fall or Far Cry Three, where hey, let's take the interesting brother, kill him, and give you the less interesting, a uh, diet version, right? right. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think if uh, if there's any other like major no- oh grind grind grind. That's the one that I really uh, ha- that got me is that uh, the license board kind of comes back again where. There, there's so much that you have to just grind for if you want to be able to ha- yeah, outfit your party in any decent way. And since I didn't, I you know, got kind of stuck when I got my fifth party member. I mean, you only have six party members, which yep. actually seems a little on the low side, doesn't it? It does. Most Final Fantasy games have gotten more, or you'll have a larger sort of rotating temporary cast than this game has. But they do have a few occasional guests that pop in. They 
you have no uh, essentially interaction with at all. Yeah. Uh, but they just expected you to kind of just dive in and basically MMO grind this. Either that or uh, go all out on the hunt system, which we really didn't bring up yet. So there's, uh, did you do any of that outside of the one that you're required to do for the story? No. In I my head, st- I was like, if I want to hunt monsters, I'll go play Monster Hunter. Well, I tried a couple of them. And the difficulty massively jumps up. Uh, to the point that uh, there's uh, one in uh, the Undercity that you have to go tackle. Yeah. And he puts fucking Doom on you. Oh. Uh, which, it, which, for those who are unfamiliar with that status effect from Final Fantasy, it's a countdown timer of going from 10, and when it reaches zero, that character dies. And it's either race it down or try to get it where it's staggered. So you could just constantly start pumping in revives, but that comes back around to the whole, well, grind, 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 grind uh, for money now, because... You know, now you need to go uh, chain monsters together to try to get better drops, which that's kind of the other thing, is that uh, the kill mechanics on the Overworld, uh, they have a chain mechanic in this, where if you kill a certain number of a type of monster in a row, it basically ups their drops. So, if you're farming for something in particular, because why wouldn't you be doing that in a in a Final Fantasy game instead of like an MMO, right? Yep. Uh, you would uh, start getting better and better things, but if you kill something that breaks the chain, well, you're out of luck. You just break the chain. You're going to, have to restart. And some of the rare drops also tie into the bizarre system, where as you sell items and sell certain combinations, they become. Uh, basically fodder for other characters off-screen to create items to resell. And that's a, an entire system that's basically just, yo. Well, uh, TV Tropes has the term God Dang It, where the only way that you can know what's going on is either by pure luck, brute force, or getting a, a strategy God. And it's just, there's some... Rather obscure combinations. Yeah. And on top of that, uh, the treasure chests are also randomized. (laughs) There's a a common loot table and a rare loot table. And they do reset whenever you go to an area or after a certain amount of time. But, you know, you're once again grinding, grinding, grinding. If I wanted to grind this much, I would reactivate my old account for EverQuest. Oof. Sick burn. The grinding... Well, the grinding in this game bothers me because the combat system is boring, but I don't mind grinding in any game. Like, I like grinding in video games. Uh, If it was interesting, yeah, but I turned the speed up all the way and everything was still sluggish. It might just be the fact that... uh, Other Final Fantasy games, whenever you got into combat... Things felt snappy. Things felt immediately. Uh, immediate. And this, because everything's tied to an action bar that doesn't start until you start an action, 
it, it has this incredibly long delay short of uh, items are pretty much immediate. That's the one like caveat. But they're yeah. so underpowered compared to you know, using a potion versus a heal, right? Yeah, which which is what I was saying earlier. Like It feels very sluggish. Regardless of how mm-hmm. sluggish it actually is, it well, feels a, very slow. I think there's slow. a reason why the Zodiac Age uh, uh, remaster has a speed-up option. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of te- yeah, telling right there, huh? Yeah. I mean, I, I do think it's too slow. But regardless of how slow it actually is, its design makes it feel even slower. Oh, and I did have one like little plot point thing. So, uh, at a certain point, you get on, uh, uh, you know, uh, David Bowie's airship and fly to this floating city, which uh, is really cool. But yeah, uh, uh, you're looking for Pinello, uh, Vaughn's friend? Question mark. I-, I think it's friend. I mean, honestly, the characters are so blank that it's... Generic. Uh, yeah. So, and she got damseled in distress because, of course, she did. No idea how they found her. No idea why they found her. Uh, right? Yep. It's just, okay, oh no, I'm, I'm suddenly getting kidnapped. Help. So... The plot needs to move forward. The plot needs to actually start. Uh, and that, that kind of reminds me. Uh, there was this moment of uh, Vaughn learning that that one character is the princess, and it's like, duh, <laughs> right? Yeah, weren't you paying attention? No, of course you weren't. I, I mean, they they the moment they uh, went on and on about how the princess has been missing and presumed dead. Well, she's right there, dude. Yeah. Uh, anyway, David Bowie uh, uh, tells him, okay, remember, no names. We need to stay undercover. And then, not even five minutes later, later, he's talking to some random kid and giving everybody their proper names and not even trying to hide, right? Yeah. It's just, uh, the, the the kid has the IQ of, uh, you know, uh, uh, of, a, of a room temperature slab of butter. Is real mushy, mm-hmm. but he spreads well on toast. Well, I'm sure there's fan fictions of him spreading well, probably. So I, <clears throat> I have a couple of more notes <clears throat> um, to bring up, if if that's okay. Uh, go ahead, go for it. Okay, so the biggest one that I have left is games are not made in a vacuum. Final Fantasy twelve was under being developed um around some tumultuous circumstances at Square. Yeah, uh, until Squaresoft. Yeah, actually it held the record for the longest development until Duke Nukem Forever came out. Yeah. So it was um it had multiple sort of creative director swaps. Um the company posted its first year in the red after I don't uh, this this was some of the stuff I looked up. So I don't remember the specifics but they had had like several years of like in the black they were projecting a certain number of sales the game didn't get finished it went in the red which caused even further developmental hell issues resulting in delays there were multiple creative director swaps and multiple director swaps for various departments 
they during this time was when Squaresoft was working on acquiring the Enix part of Square Enix um, and, and sort of restructuring the company. I'm not trying to make necessarily excuses for the game, but things don't happen in a vacuum. And I think part of the reason, like, I don't like if if the base systems for everything were already in place with all this stuff going on, I don't think the game could have been, quote unquote, saved in the way that we are talking about it. But I think it might feel a little less muddled, maybe a little more like have a little bit more direction to it because everything that was going on in the background would have helped the team be able to focus, focus their development efforts and prioritize. So there's that. The second thing is I kept coming up with comparisons for games that did a certain system better or a certain thing better. Dragon Age Origins for the comp for the AI. Yes, Dragon Age Origins for the AI. Um, but honestly, the one that I kept coming back to was Last Remnant. I've talked about this on the show before. It's been oh, another game that I hate years. <laughs> yeah, and I know you don't like Last Remnant. I really like Last Remnant. Rem- Remnant. Remnant. Um, one of the things that I like about it the most and how it handles these things is it does a much better job handling one, a lack of, of real time battles. Then it's maps are not as sort of circuitous and not so filled with enemies. And then it has proper turn-based combat. I think you get the best of both worlds and certainly it has an incomprehensible story. It has a JRPG story, etc. But last remnant, I think, because Last Remnant was also made by Square Enix after Final Fantasy XII. I think Last Remnant, like if Final Fantasy XII had come out and had been the systems of Last Remnant in terms of the way that it handles its its enemies, you know, starting combat, engaging in combat, and then had a more traditional JRPG cast, I think it would have been a much nicer transition into Final Fantasy XIII and 15. And yes, 13 is real bad. It's a a worse offender cuz uh, 13 is like well, 12 every, every didn't problem work. that we uh, talked about times like 10. Yeah, it's like well, let's double down. What what it is is we did just we didn't go hard enough on the things that everybody complained about. So let's go harder. And then 15 is I think what they were trying to do with 12 and whether or not that works for you, again, is personal preference. I haven't played 15. Um, I know that you have. Um, I played a little bit of it. And based on what I saw, basically uh, they were trying to do with Final Fantasy 15 what uh, Marvel eventually did, where they did a distributed story across a bunch of different aspects of media. Mm-hmm. But for those who are in the, you know, that don't want to you know, buy the manga, buy, watch the uh, prequel anime, buy the ramen uh, uh, cup noodle, uh, and whatever else uh, to get the entire story. It leads it feeling, well, like Final Fantasy XII. Right. Fair enough. So, yeah, I ultimately, I feel like Final Fantasy Twelve has not aged well. Anything that might have received praise, justified or not, you know, 15 years ago, is not deserving of praise now. And at best, it's pretty middling. And you have an even lower opinion of it than that. Yeah. Uh, This is the worst Final Fantasy I've played, bar none. 
Have you played Final Fantasy 13? Uh, I watched the cutscene and saw uh, it was choppy on my uh, computer, so I uh, uh, got a refund on it. Still a better experience. <laughs> yeah, Final Fantasy 13 is worse. I like the characters better in Final Fantasy 13, but everything else is worse in Final Fantasy 13. But that's where this is. We're done doing Final Fantasy 13. We're doing 12. That's the issue you run into with Final Fantasy games as well. Everyone has a favorite, and for the most part, everyone seems to agree at least on what the top few games are. Yeah, Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy 12 never makes that list. Final Fantasy 12, I actually I looked at some tier lists because, of course, there's tier lists for them now. Uh, and, and it's either top tier for some people or bottom tier for some people. And there's no in between. Yeah. And I think part of it also might be if you played the original version or played uh, found, uh, the Zodiac Age. Because uh, some things they did was they you know, removed the license system and made a job system instead. Which, while not you know, fixing the combat system... It makes it less cumbersome and less cookie cutter. Yeah. Uh, they rebound the loot. Uh, one of the optional bosses, they removed 90% of the health on it. Oh, wow. In the uh, base game, it would take hours to kill. No hyperbole. That's pretty intense. So, yeah. Oh, and uh, one other complaint that, that I've seen pop up and that we kind of skip kind of skip over because you were playing on, on totally legitimate systems. Absolutely. Uh, is just how stingy they are with save points and how long it could go, right? Oh, yeah. That's a problem I've always had with Final Fantasy games. But with this one, where everything this, is a you slog just have on top states. of it, yeah. You, but yeah, but running an emulator, you just save state. Mm-hmm. Oh, and since uh, we brought it up, or you brought it up, Oren, the old man, yeah, thirty-five. Wow, that's I mean, a hard thirty-five. Yeah, honestly, though, I feel it. I'm not even thirty-five. I feel it. Maybe he had type 1 diabetes. Maybe. <laughs> well, we know he had a drinking problem. Oh, wait, I take that back. He had no problem drinking. Ayo. So, uh, uh, my final thoughts on Final Fantasy XII, cast into the pits of, of uh, Mount Doom. Yeah. Watch the pre-rendered cutscenes on the YouTubes. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. If you want uh, a uh, an experience, go look up Final Fantasy Twelve the movie, because there's always one of those for more story centric games, and it just stitches all the cutscenes together. And who knows? It uh, would be less painful. And hey, maybe the characters actually will show some character, right? Yes, I'm looking that up now to see how long it is. Final Fantasy. 12 the movie 6 hours and 38 minutes I should tell you something about the story of this game huh yeah 
Because now, now I need to go check something. Okay, this ought to tell you uh, uh, something's up with the story of this game. Final Fantasy X HD Remastered, the movie, is over 11 hours. Something's messed up. Yeah. And since it's focused mostly on the cutscenes and story, that should... Tell you that there's a lot of padding in Final Fantasy XII. Yeah. Most of the... I, I didn't look at how long to beat for it. See I, I was about long. to... I was just heading over there. A couple of the reviews I read had people ta- saying that they played for 60 to 70 hours. Uh, I don't want the Zodiac Age... Zodiac uh, Age is showing 40. It says Final is- Fantasy 12, main story 61, main plus extras 92, completionist 160. I mean, I put 11 in, and I was even getting into the story. And part of that was you know, trying and failing on some of the hunts. Or the other one is that... uh. This is one thing I will commend them on Final Fantasy XII. Is that even though there's no reason to, they do cut you loose on the world pretty early where you could just run wherever the hell you want and get way in way over your head. Yeah. So you are cut loose into the upper world pretty damn soon. There's no reason for you to go to most of these places, but you could go and just grind, grind, grind your way up, right? Yeah. But it's just... It feels like Final Fantasy Twelve is just using the engine of Final Fantasy Eleven to make a single-player game. And they just failed at it. <laughs> Yeah, because because the entire time playing Final Fantasy twelve, uh, part of me remembered Fred Jared's video on Final Fantasy eleven, and I'm just seeing parallels to that as well. I've never seen that review. Yeah, I'll look it, it up later. I, I'm pretty sure it was Final Fantasy eleven that he talked about, uh, but it was just oh. So, uh, do, do we want to award this uh, worst game club of the year uh, right now, or do we want to wait till January? Right? We'll see. Because Anything it's hard happen. to imagine something worse. It is hard to imagine something worse, but you never know. We could be greatly surprised. But. Something that we won't be surprised by is what our next Game Club game is. So for the month of... What month is next? June. For the month of June, we're going to be doing Hard Space Shipbreakers, which just released from early access into, quote-unquote, version 1.0 on Steam and Game Pass and other places where you can buy games. 
Uh, we're going to be playing it using Game Pass. And during our pre-game discussion, you know, our pre-episode just chit-chat, we talked about Shipbreakers for like 10 minutes, unprompted. So probably going to wind up the total opposite kind of conversation than this one that we just had. Yeah, let's just put it this way. I picked up Shipbreakers to play because I did something... Uh, Pleasant after uh, logging through Final Fantasy twelve. Uh huh. And I just like taking things apart. <laughs> right. All right. And explosions. Uh, and explosions. Um, explosive decompression. But yes. So for our first news topic of the night, gonna go ahead and keep rolling. The Heart of Russia DLC for Euro Truck is postponed indefinitely. Um, so uh, so, th- th- so this is Euro Truck, which was a game club game like a couple months back now. Yeah, uh, and this has been their upcoming DLC. They've been teasing this for several months now, and according to the announcement. In February, when, you know, shit went down, they were four to six weeks out from uh, releasing the game, uh, releasing the DLC, and kind of quietly put a hold on it, just to wait to see what uh, is, uh, what went down. And for those who are listening to this in the future, hello, I'm, hello. I'm, uh, I'm glad that we, uh, as a race, survived. Me too. And- and in uh, the current year, uh, Russia and Ukraine are still, uh, you know, uh, having their war. Right. Still duking it out after mm-hmm. Russia started a war. Yeah. Because, of course, right? Yep. Uh, because uh, Putin has no dick. <laughs> and, and he's trying to reestablish the Soviet Union before the asshole cancer gets him. Indeed. I mean, I'm just assuming that it's there because, you know, he's all asshole, allegedly. It has uh, grown and spread. But the, the, the point is, is that they um, delayed the release of this DLC because of the uh, world events. And uh, they, they basically uh, did what Nintendo was doing. Yeah. Uh, with Advance Wars, where it felt weird to release it while you know, the game inadvertently mirrors a uh, conflict in Nintendo's part, in uh, uh, SCSoft's part, it's the fact that you know, they're show, trying to show the beauty and uh, the, uh, yeah, uh, the landscape of Russia and how awesome it is. And it felt Really, really off. <laughs> and yeah. I can't blame them. And they didn't say this, or if they did, I missed it. But I, I mean, I, I feel like the sentiment is like it. We could be painted as being weirdly pro-Russian in this, and we don't want to back or make it seem like we approve of Russia's actions. So we're just gonna mm-hmm. wait. And I do think that there are certain things where that companies or studios or people from those studios should politically like speak up and out against given this situation though i think it makes sense and is a good move for them to be like yeah 
just not going to do anything. We'll acknowledge why we're not doing anything, because this, you know, could look bad. Yeah, because they had already announced the DLC beforehand. Yeah. And they were six to eight weeks away from uh, completing the work. So, you know, it's mostly done. They didn't, uh, they give this uh, sentiment that they're just setting on it for now. They're not, you know, just trashing everything. Yeah. Or at least that's how I read it. I also read it that way. I didn't see anything that said that they were try. you know, just going to get scrap it and start over. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense to do that? I mean, this will all blow over at some point or we'll all wind up dead somehow. So I don't see why they couldn't just sit on it for a while, but. Yeah. And I have seen some people complaining saying, well, they should just sell it and uh, donate the proceeds to Ukraine, which on one hand, I do like the idea of, but it also feels weird to talk about how awesome Russia is as a, you know, a, you know, a country. And then, you know, uh, use that to fund Ukraine. It feels, you know, look how awesome the enemy is, right? Yeah. I do like that idea, though. Yeah, but I do also see why they wouldn't want to do it, because they are a company. They do need to make money. You know, this isn't like their uh, little skins that they could sell for uh, DLC skins that they sell. And I know that they've done a charity skin for that already. Yep, the DLC is what really funds a, a fair amount of their stuff. So it, uh, it's also one hell of a statement to say, yeah, we're just not doing that. Yeah, uh, we're not going to uh, sell uh, something. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that they uh, need, uh, you, know, you know, the uh, lead truck and the follow truck for the amount of balls it takes to do that. Yeah, for a company to say, well, we could sell something that would make us a lot of money, but we're not going to because it could be problematic. Mm-hmm. Good on them. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say. This is a pretty straightforward news story. Yeah, I would hope that uh, they are just going to move ahead to the next DLC and try to quickly wrap it up. Because there are... Yeah, major holes in the map. They could go down to uh, Spain and start working there. There's less issue there, right? Yeah, for now. True. Or they could just start working on removing uh, Britain. No longer (laughs) in Europe. (laughs) Here, go hang out with Iceland. I mean, that, that doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> oh, but uh, any other uh, uh, thoughts? I don't think so. So our next one, France bans official use of anglicized gamer words. Yeah, so this one, is, uh, as an outsider, sounds really weird, but... Uh, this is more of a culture thing, okay? Uh, yeah. Uh, along with, uh, you know, uh, well, we'll get into that. Uh, European cultures, particularly France and Italy, have laws and uh, customs in place to protect their culture. 
uh, particularly when it comes to food and language. All right. Yeah. And France is banning the official use of things like streamer and gamer from essentially government documents because it's a barrier to understanding for non-gamers, which at one point I understand, but at the other point, it becomes a really mouthful to try to eliminate a shorter phrase. Yeah. Uh, For example, uh, the French translation for streamer will become a live direct host. If I, if I remember the translation properly and it's just, Mm -hmm. it's just a jumble, right? Yeah. I don't, Uh, this sort of thing, trying to control uh, this uh, live player host is uh, what, what streamer. uh, Yeah. Uh, gets translated from. Yeah. This will never work. Trying to police the speech of your citizens is basically Mm -hmm. impossible. You can enforce it at certain points, but it's not going to change what normal everyday people say. Yeah, this is more of an official thing. This feels like an old man yells at cloud kind of situation. Like, er, we don't like the purity of our language being, you know, destroyed by these words. So let's keep well, them out. Well, probably my favorite one out of the four that's really highlighted here is esports becomes dual video D competition. You know, competitive video game. <laughs> because right. that's not going to be confusing at all, right? No. Oh, my computer's just beeping at me. What are you beeping for, computer? Eh, Craig didn't break, so I guess I'll figure it out later. But yeah, this seems like a waste of time and effort that old men in suits who have too much time and money to complain about normal stuff are like, er, we can't have this. Remind you, uh, uh, well, mind you, this is only for essentially government workers in official documentation. So, yeah, you can't list your job as, uh, you know, streamer. <laughs> you have to do, you know, live game host. Right. Which, right? Live game? That makes me think of a game show. Yeah. Uh Yeah, pro gamer is as in was oh hang on I, I, okay so and I keep miscopying it. I'm just copying this into Google Translate because my French is terrible. But essentially, it, pro gamer is professional player, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Yep. We'll see. There might be some of the motivations for this that I'm not like picking up on. Maybe like economic motivations or something, but... Well, I think this is more of a cultural thing. Yeah. So, uh, uh, 
U.S. as much as they try to fight it these days uh, is the Great Melting Pot. We don't have really an issue borrowing other words. Yeah. Uh, from pretty much anywhere. So it's just uh, the French language tries to remain essentially pure, at least at a perfect, at a governmental le- level. Yeah. And it's just a culture thing. And it just, it, I, I kind of wanted to highlight it as just a oddity, but also, you know, Something to talk about. Yeah, and, it's, and mind you, and mind you, these are not banned. You know, it, the uh, uh, the police uh, uh, in striped shirts uh, uh, isn't going to come uh, break down your door and beat you with a baguette if you use the word streamer <laughs> in French. Police, in France. Yeah. Uh, this is for official documentation. You know, so it sounds. A lot stranger than what it really is, you know. Yeah, fair enough. All right, but also it kind of made me laugh. It, yeah, it is a funny, funny title. So, so, yeah, moving along to something that's not as funny: Lootbox laws block Diablo Immortal launch in Belgium and Netherlands because, of course, they do. Right, of course. So, I honestly have not been watching D- uh, Diablo Immortal. Me either. I was not really aware that it was coming out. It's honestly a bubble title. So, all right. Not very interested in those bubble with a Windows release as well. So that should tell you exactly what to expect with this. Yeah, but I. Uh, th- since the uh, release of the last Diablo game, uh, which actually no, uh, actually Overwatch. Uh, since the recent of Overwatch, that's where they would get in trouble. Uh, Belgium and the Netherlands have uh, gotten hardcore about loot boxes. So Activision Blizzard, instead of fixing their shitty game mechanics. Uh, decided, yeah, we'll just we'll launch there and we'll ban them uh, from downloading it on the Google Play Store because, right? Right. Good thinking. Uh, and guy like uh, the quote uh, in the update, Diablo Immortal will not be available in Belgium or the Netherlands and will not appear on Battle.net or the Belgium and Netherlands app or Google Play Store. Uh, uh, Activision Blizzard, uh, uh, drone uh, uh, said this is related to the current operating environment for games in those countries according to pre-registrations for the game are not accessible in those markets current operating environment they outlawed your shit <laughs> I mean it's a Diablo game I mean it's Honestly, it looks like a kind of a shit Diablo game. Uh, especially whenever they have the, the trailer, uh, the PC announced trailer, built for mobile. Yep. Ugh, right? <laughs> yep, that's the feeling I get, too. Don't like that. Uh, built for mobile, but cross-play on PC. 
I mean, if you want a better ARPG, just go play Torchlight, right? Or Torchlight yeah. 2 specifically. Don't touch 3. It's a mistake. Then I won't. But yeah, I I just, I don't know. It's more, you know, uh, as more countries step up, it'll become less incentivized to, you know, put these mechanics in the games because you know, they're going to have fewer and fewer places that they can release. Uh, like, uh, well, to give an example of something like this, but not directly related. Uh, Gotham Knights just announced uh, in the last like week or two that they canceled their Russian uh, translation because you know there's an embargo in Russia, obviously, right? And uh, they basically did a cost benefit analysis, and the other countries that you know speak predominantly Russian, it's just not worth it to do the full translation because right? Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, it sucks, but at the same time, right? It does suck, but it makes sense. So, that's really the only way you're going to be able to kill these loot boxes. uh, Is just, you know, being them in enough countries, or enough high market countries, that, you know, it makes more sense for them to not do it and do something else than it is to, you know, exploit uh, people, right? Right. But then again, you get FIFA money, so... Mm. Or, sorry, uh, uh, FC Club, or whatever the hell EA is doing it now, because uh, EA and uh, FIFA, two incredibly uh, corrupt and money-grubbing uh, companies, couldn't come with a, uh, even a slight agreement. Yeah. Wouldn't trust any of them as far as I could throw them. All right. I don't. Do you have anything else you want to add to this one? Uh, not really. It's more of a kind of a point and laugh, huh? Yep. Okay. But, oh, go ahead. But, but I would say it makes me feel a little bit better that you know at least a small chunk is, is gone. Yeah. But I also just wonder just how much is loot boxes in this? If you know they have loot boxes in an ARPG, which. Is essentially a loot generating uh, game anyway, right? Yep. Just, just how bad is this? Yeah, but but how... then but then the answer is mobile game, right? Bad, very bad. All right, final news topic of the night: Embracer establishes the. Oh, sorry, I. Let me, let me start that over. Embracer establishes the Embracer Games Archive to, quote, save as much of the games industry as possible, end quote. To sell. <laughs> yes, to sell. <laughs> uh, most likely. Yeah. But, but also, oh, this, this feels so weird, doesn't it? It's really unusual to see a rights holder actively trying to you know, save games and archive games and right. Yeah. But like we were talking about in the pre-show, it's a situation where that there's so little archival, you know, games industry or, you know, games archival and then, you know, access to play like going on, like a company doing even 
the barest of minimum or being like, oh yeah, they're totally gonna profit off of this later. Like the fact that they're doing is like, oh, well, looky there, that's good. I mean, it does look like they're mostly working on physical stuff as well. So, yeah, they're trying to contact uh, uh, collectors to uh, uh, sell them stuff. Uh, Now, the question is, what are they going to do with this, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, they're probably going to sell it, but if they don't... Mm -hmm. Then what? I mean, part of me would like to see them re-release some of these classic games that just are not out there anymore. Yeah. Uh, as a working thing. You know, sort of like how GOG at least used to do. I'm not sure if they still do. Where they go in and at least get, you know, like DOS box to get it working and that sort of thing. Uh, and have a like proper re-releases or uh, remasters of some classic games that just you cannot find anymore, you know? Yeah. Or some of these collector's items that, you know, it, sure, you could get it, but do you really need both your kidneys? Right? Yeah. Or even any of them, you know, just get a fancy <laughs> dialysis machine. So uh, they are trying to do this with mostly physical stuff, physical game, uh, video games, consoles, and accessories. Essentially, sounds like they're building a museum, right? And the thing is, well, just, first of all, where because if they could do a proper uh, gaming museum. There's been efforts before, but it's basically been uh, a digital affair, you know? Yeah. I'd like to see it, right? Agreed. Agreed. And it's, you... also ni- and it's also nice to see gaming treated as an art form instead of, ha, ah, uh, who cares about uh, you know, uh, this game? Uh, nobody played it anyway. Right. Or, no- or nobody plays it anymore. Let's just uh, toss it aside. Uh, a good example would be like, yeah. Well, I mentioned EverQuest. I mean, uh, there was a a story that popped up a couple weeks ago about a uh, guild that basically. Uh, well, uh, how familiar are you with EverQuest? Yeah, it's somewhat familiar, but it's been a long time. Uh, okay, so there's in the second or third expansion. Mind you, EverQuest is up to, like, Expansion 20 now. Uh, there's a one-time event that goes off. Uh, by killing uh, certain raid bosses at, all at the same time. Something that you have to kind of deliberately do, alright? And it triggers a one-time story event. Okay. Uh, and once that event happens the bosses that you were killing are permanently gone from that server. And this guild, uh, because another guild was trying to horn in on their uh, farm that they've had for years at this point, uh, 
purposely triggered the event to screw over the other guild. Because, right? Yeah. People gotta be dicks. Mm-hmm. And I think it was on a song on a PvP server, so that makes it doubly so, right? Yep. Uh, but, yeah, there's no you know, preservation of the server in the old state. There's no pres- preservation of these uh, online games. You know, like, uh, another good example is, like, Dark Spore. You know, that's a game that, you know, was a sequel to Love It or Hate It, you know, a very important game. <laughs> very, mm-hmm. uh, because that's that was the last game that Will Wright had direct control over. So, yeah, who was, you know, you know that's the father of The Sims. Uh, and because you can't, you know, go play that anymore because most of the stuff was online servers. You know, all it is is now collector's items in a box, right? Yep. I mean, online gaming is obviously the, you know, the kind of the obvious go-to place for, uh, you know, uh, game conservation because, you know, you just can't do it anymore. Yeah, not without recreating an entire, you know, server environment and everything. And never mind the fact that, you know, reverse engineering a lot of stuff as well that, you know, just might be spaghetti code to begin with. Yeah. So, you know, kind of circling around back, I'm happy that the game preservation is being done. Mm-hmm. I don't like who's doing it, but beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. I think that... that uh, I mean, I, I mean, especially at this uh, rate, because, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm just thinking. I don't think I've got anything else to add. Do you have anything else? Any not, final thoughts? Not really. Okay. Any final fantasy thoughts? No, I'm joking. Let's not. Uh, yeah, don't, don't get me started. All right. Well, um, Rach, where can people send us stuff if they want to send us stuff? Well, you can do so over at vglpodcast at gmail.com. Drop by the Discord, which could uh, you can find over at vglpodcast.podbean.com or you drop by the Twitter, which is vglpodcast on, well, Twitter. Indeed. So we're coming in at a, at a good clip, but I would be lying if I said that I wasn't tired. <laughs> I'm Just actually standing. Yeah, I'm actually standing right now. Um, one of the best things about the way that my mic is now situated is it's very easy for me to stand up or sit down. And if I did it stealthily, you didn't even hear the transition. Oh, I did hear you rip a good fart, so. <laughs> right? Actually, my, my tummy is quite upset. I think that might be why I'm feeling so tired right now. Oh, if, you, ate um, that, you, you ate the Jif peanut butter. If it, had, if it was not a game club night, I would have said, like, hey, man, I feel nauseous. But because it's game club, I wanted to go ahead and, like, Get it done. Yeah. Not not suffer another week of Final Fantasy. No. Because nope. I, I was pretty much, if I wanted to continue the story, I either had to go back several hours and grind, or download uh, 
figure out a way to do Game Shark codes. Yeah. No, we wanted this fantasy to be the final one for, for now. So, no yeah, more this, ex- no extra weeks. Yeah, this doesn't make me enthusiastic about Final Fantasy 16. Because that's supposedly going to be launched either this year or next. And at the trajectory that they're going, whew, right? Yeah, I mean, I hope it's good, but no expectations, you know? No expectations of goodness. I mean, if if they based off of what they did with Final Fantasy 15, you're going to have to, like, watch two TV shows, uh, get, like, a comic book. A uh, documentary get, series. Uh, uh, buy a few cases of ramen Right. Because, you know, you got to have the merchandising tie-in somewhere, so... Uh, make it soda this time, right? Yeah. Uh, that's the marble sodas, by the way. Um, oh, and don't forget, you gotta buy the complete set of the body pillows. Already got them. Wink. Yeah, but you're weird because uh, you're just uh, sleeping with Kamari all the time. I mean, let's be real. I'll sleep with anybody. I don't have any standards. Yeah, but uh, it's Kamari. He sucks. Ah. Oh, oh, no. Wait, of course. That's why you like him. He sucks. Hell yeah. So, since we're not doing the doobly-doo, once again, all the way back up to the top, uh, if you wish to contact us, vglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming-related topics, or tweet them to us, vglpodcast. Unless you want to do socials, right? Yeah, just, I mean... Or you, you just could, want to get out could, of here. You could hit him with them socials. That only takes a minute or two. Uh, I've been Caffeine Ridge. You can find me tweeting occasionally over at GameOCR. Or if you wish to be my friend, you can find me over at Steam Caffeine Rage. And I've been Jared. You can find me tweeting some bullshit uh, over at JMA4707. You can find me when they happen over at uh, twitch.tv slash runic arts where that I play tabletop games as usually terrible characters um, who are who eat people. Um, and then you can be a friend on Steam, send your friend requests to jarthur4707. And of course, as mentioned earlier, hit up the Discord chat with you there. So uh, shall I get us out of here now? Yes, take us home. I'm not falling for that one again. So, I already covered the uh, email. If you wish to drop by the Discord, you can find a link to that over at vglpodcast.podbean.com Or if you wish to share the love, you can find us on your podcatcher of choice. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this possible, uh, especially to shit on Final Fantasy XII. And you can find out more about that over at patreon.com slash Podcast. Our introductory music is on the ground by Kim McLeod. You can find his work over at computech.com and... As always, as this lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. See you next time. Bye-bye.